Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland, and the regular season is finally here for the Cubs. The season starts in a couple days, so it's time for a little season preview. And who better to be on our season preview than Jeff Everson, who is one of our most frequent guests, and we have a good conversation. Just, are the Cubs going to be better than that last year? We think yes. How much better? And that's up for debate. But we talk about the improved rotation. Kind of an iffy lineup. I give uh, Jeff the big news that Nico Horner signed an extension live while we were recording. So you get his real-time reaction to Nico's mini-extension and yeah, it's a good conversation. As always, you can contact me on the internet and at STH85 on Twitter. And I'd like it if you would rate and review my podcast. Just I'd like to know that you're listening. And if you've got some comments, then that'd be great. I just, that'd be cool. Uh, you can subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. Spotify, Stitcher, so, you know, get a hold of me and tell me what you think, and we've got a season of Cubs baseball to get to, and let's get to this little preview. Well, Jeff, welcome back to Holy Cow, and the uh, season is upon us, you know, got through spring training relatively easily for the Cubs, no, other than say Suzuki, no major injury, so I guess I'll just start with this. How do you feel about the Cubs going into the season? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's hard to read too much into spring training outcomes, but I think that avoiding injuries outside of Suzuki's, which seems like it's certainly on the mend, is a good thing. Um, I think there's a lot of good things that came out of it, and they're, they're going in at full strength pretty much, which is, which is great. Um, I'm optimistic, albeit cautiously optimistic. Um, every, I feel like every day I keep revising my internal win total up, but I think that they've had an offseason that might not have been as flashy on like the headline level. They didn't sign Trey Turner to a $300 million contract, but they added some really valuable pieces. And I like that they've sort of picked a lane. That's going to be a really strong defensive team, especially up the middle. They've got a couple big bats they brought in that can bring it, hit some for power. And they have a lot of uh, pitching in the pipeline and, um, a lot of different options and depth as far as their rotation goes. So I think it's it's a unique way to go about it, and I, I'm excited to see it. It should be more fun than the last couple seasons have been, at least. I think if there's one thing everyone can agree on, it they're going to be better than last year. I mean, no, <laughs> the debate is how much better, but they they're definitely going to be better than last year with the rotation alone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that's been a frustration really going all the way back to I don't know, 2017, 2018 is, is just the lack of depth internally with pitching. And they have droves of that now. There's one thing Jed Hoyer's done really well. It's rebuild um, 
the arms of the system and actually get the uh, pitch lab up and running and get, bring in people who can really develop pitching. And now, you know, they sent down Rowan Wick today. They sent um, they sent some of their other big name arms. I'm just I'm blanking on like uh, Estrada. I know they they, they sent down. There's there's a full major league rotation that could be quite good. And then they're in bullpen. And then there's an entire staff in the minors that we're going to see these pieces come up. And it's, it's really exciting. And I mean, that's, I even mentioned like the real top pitching prospects down the line, like Ben Brown and Jordan Wicks and you know, guys that could be up here later this year or next year that, that really give them a lot of options there. Yeah. Even like some of those like bullpen guys, like a Cam Sanders or guys like that, or Manny Rodriguez, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I just can't remember them going to a season with this much uh, kind of intrigue or interesting options in the, in the pitching staff. Um, and so much are young players. It's not just like they're tacking on the Brad Brocks of the world and you're hoping that you kind of catch lightning in a bottle with that. This is actually a homegrown ex- group of exciting. Like you said, Cam Sanders could uh, – what was he hitting, like high 90s in spring training? Like that's their option – 15 at this point and that's that's really fun to see yeah and it was uh very interesting to see multiple pitchers in spring training throwing like 99 98 which is something we have not seen from the cubs in a long time yeah absolutely and i mean the one that really and he made the team today which is cool is javier Assad. his performance in the world baseball classic where he's added multiple ticks to his fastball and everything just looks explosive and, um, you know, really getting past the era where they had soft tossing lefties as their, their main bullpen now fodder. And now it's, um, it's built like a modern day bullpen and, and to see pitchers improve like this year over year to see a guy like an Assad add VLO and, um, just some of the stuff that we saw in spring training another guy, he's not a homegrown guy, but, um, there's been a lot of talk today is Jameson Tyon. Mm-hmm. But they brought him in, and they've already unlocked something of the slider that he had. What was the ratio? Like twenty-three strikeouts to zero walks in spring training, and you know, just the eye tests—you see that slider working. Like there, there could be a whole other level for him to reach. Um, which again, it's just this is this is a newfound thing for the Cubs. Which, as good as they were during the the contention era, they never really—I don't think they developed any pitching. And now it's. Uh, they have droves of it. So that's the thing, you know, to get back to your original question, like how am I feeling going in? Like this is the really exciting part to me. It's um, they can find power bats and they, I think they got Mancini and Bellinger relatively easily to, to fill in some power, but I'm just excited to see what the pitching is going to do and what the run, how the run suppression is going to be. Yeah. No, I, I mean, cause if you think about it, they have three guys that I'm very interested to see this year that I would say um, tie on, like you mentioned, Justin Steele, who I felt really good about going into the season, and of yep. course Nesky, which everyone is kind of losing it, losing it over Wes Nesky, who you know, yeah, the the star of the spring, right? Yes. But I thought I'd ask you, of those three guys, which guy are you most excited to see? Um, I got to go with the crowd here and say Wes Nesky, just because I think it's the he's got just the highest upside of possibly anybody in the system, pending what. Uh, Jordan Wicks can turn into. Um, I just think from what we've seen in pieces last year and then into spring training, like he has ace level stuff. Um, I think that he looks just in his delivery and his demeanor a lot like Max Scherzer. And Mm -hmm. that's obviously a high bar to set, but he's the same fastball slider type pitcher. He, the mechanics look the same, the, the, 
kind of the presence on the mound, which is obviously something you can't teach is right there. Like there's, there's a lot to, to like there. Yeah. I was going to say the personality is very, you know, you don't want to say it's like an ace personality, but it's kind of what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you need the stopper mentality or that guy who's going to go out there and every fifth day and just expect to, to beat the other team, like that's, that's that sort of guy. He's, I, I mean, I love competitive fire players across the board. I, it, it's something like that is, I mean, I'm a guy sitting on his couch watching this and I can see like, wow, this, this is a, this is a bulldog out there. And I, you know, I think Justin Seals in the same boat, even though he's not quite as demonstrative about it, but it's the, it's the John Lester thing. Like you just can't teach that kind of for lack of a better word like red ass uh aspect of it where it's they're just not going to let you beat them they're not going to give up anything easy and they want to go out there and and shove it down your throat and like that's that's really awesome um i like that that edge yeah i should say even the off-field stuff aside um marcus stroman also has that you know very i'm gonna you're not gonna back me down on the mound i'm going for it yeah absolutely Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, put the Twitter thing into its own uh, box, but like as a player, like, yeah, he's, he's going to go out there and battle. And I mean, his whole thing is the, the height doesn't measure hurt thing, right? Like he wants to go out there and, and he kind of has a permanent chip on his shoulder and wants to, wants to show what he can do. And it just, the whole thing kind of speaks to like an identity that's forming. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's been the case since, probably 2017 where this team has a unified identity it's 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 a different group but they're they're gelling kind of around this sort of uh this sort of mantra this sort of attitude it's it's really it's it's regardless of what the win-loss record is it's just kind of fun to see a team that is an actual team and not just like patchwork um trying to piece it together so you can just like hope to get to october like this seems like there's actually a foundation and and a Mm -hmm. and a, a like a, a an overall brand that they're trying to to pull off, for lack of a better word. So it's it's great. Like this, this is what you want as a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you know, personally, I like Drew Smiley, but he's pretty good for a fifth starter. Now, some people. Don't oh yeah, him. for sure. Yeah, and I, I think he made some. He had some really promising starts in the second half of last year. Which again, if they're actually finding ways to develop and unlock uh, developmentally, like that could be what we were seeing. And. um you know he's you know he's going to eat up innings. You know he's going to throw a lot of ground balls. But yeah, I think that I mean one through five, there's just a lot of promise there. And obviously, the bullpen is always. But the one thing the Cubs have been good at this whole time, even when they were kind of in the doldrums the past few years, they can put together a bullpen. So right. I'm not about that. Yeah, what I think is interesting about this one particularly is they've got multiple multi-inning relievers, which mm-hmm. is sort of a raise model of things where they'll have a lot of guys who just can't quite make it as starters but can kind of piggyback or work multiple innings. Um, so you've got Thompson and Assad and uh, Elzali off the top of my head. And, you know, it kind of depends what else shakes out. But that's that's three guys who could go two or three innings. That's going to – um, be really interesting to see. It's it's definitely when you start seeing three of those guys in, in the same bullpen, it feels like there's intent behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something they're valuing. So um, that's going to be cool to see how that goes. And Bannon mm-hmm. Boxberger and Fulmer, who I know have gotten some love with uh, more of the the uh, 
internals crowd or the ones that like really look at the uh the stack has and some hot data but um i don't know they seem like fine acquisitions and it's it's uh like you said they've got the track record of, of being able to put together bullpens and you know worst case if you're not contending you can flip those pieces pretty easily and get good things back yeah and i you know i don't even i'll mention the thompson thing a little bit where his velocity has dropped way down which is i don't know what that is but we'll see i mean you think if it was like an injury, they would pull him out. So, but I don't know what that is. Yeah, it, it's you know it's something I've seen a little bit about. I, I can't. You can probably speak to more of what the situation is than me. Um, I usually try get caught up on this stuff more once they get into the full season and there's just more of the uh, the data out and then. Yeah, well, um, very friends, friends, of the, friends, friends of the podcast are making graphs about it on Twitter, but. Uh, yeah, like, um, what are what are you seeing with that? Because I've I've only barely seen. Um... Well, there hasn't been, there's been articles from like, like Shadab Sarma and stuff, but there's no the team isn't saying anything. It's just people observing. His velocity is down, but the team doesn't say, isn't saying much of anything. So, if they're worried, they're not showing it. So I don't. Gotcha. Know. Well, he's a guy too. They definitely limited his innings last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Late in the year, they pulled him out of the rotation when he was doing pretty well, just because. What is it? He's he's either twenty seven or twenty eight, and he's never thrown more than, I think it's one hundred twenty innings in a season. Maybe it's one hundred forty, but he's never you know had that full starter workload. So then when they started getting near that number, they got really cautious last year and and used him a little bit out of the bullpen down the stretch, but but really shut him down. So they haven't been afraid to, yeah. Um, to, to rest him if he needs to be rested or like they haven't pulled. And th- I mean, that's kind of generally they've been better in recent years of not, uh not pushing guys through injury or, mm-hmm. or, you know, doing things that modern baseball teams do. Um, So yeah, that's really interesting. Is this in these articles, like, is there any talk? Is he picking up movement or is he throwing more breaking stuff or is there any like offset or it's just his well, fastball is down? The fastball is just down. The slider looks good. He's getting whipped. Right. Slider, so, and he's getting out. He didn't give up any runs this spring. So it's like, if he's effective, you might as well go with him. But it's just weird because when he was in the bullpen last year, he was getting up to like 96. So I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. He, he could swing it. And they've been like, a guy like Assad, they seem to have unlocked. And he's ticked up his velocity. And so is Wisniewski. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And also Wisniewski, uh, late last year, I was I attended a game in um, Cincinnati, and right there you can overlook the bullpen when the guy's warming up. Like, you're basically right overlooking the top of him. So Wisniewski was pitching that night. I watched him warm up, and he um, – other than the fact the fastball just really snaps, like he was starting to work on a curveball that night, and he didn't really throw it before then. Um, this is a total aside, but I meant to bring this up. Um, so I think that that could also be in the repertoire down the line. He threw it a few times that night. It looked pretty good, but you could tell it was, uh, kind of yeah. a new pitch cause he had mostly been fastball, um, fastball slider. So, I mean, that's good to see, like you want guys adding stuff. So I just wonder if, um, on this Keegan Thompson thing, if maybe they're trying to add something else and exactly. at the expense of his fastball or we'll know more once we get the full, um, mm-hmm. Pitch FX and StackCast data of like, all right, well, maybe he's getting more horizontal movement on it. He's, he's giving a velo to to run the ball in on right-handers. I, I don't know. But 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just it's notable that that like what you're saying is the velo is down, but the results are really good. So I don't know. I guess we'll just see see yeah. um, if more data proves something. Yeah, maybe it's a dead arm. I don't know, but they're still yeah for sure. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I wonder too. I, I don't. I wonder they probably can't track this that great with spring training infrastructure, but maybe his release points changed. It could. It could. Um, and maybe if he's going full time out of the bullpen, he um, might be getting a more deceptive release point at the expense of some velocity. I don't know. I'm just throwing out right. ideas. Going through the uh, the list of things it could be. I, I thought I'd bring it up because there's. I don't know either. There's like a. It's like a mystery. I don't know what the. But yeah. Because everyone else's velocity seems to be taken up with whatever. Right. So I don't know. Well, like Brad Fraley, the Tyone thing, like they've made his slider into, I mean, it's looked elite just from the the uh, eye test and spring training. Obviously, he's getting results. So it would be odd if they were intentionally tanking yeah. Thompson's velocity, but like there's got to be some other thing that yeah. he's doing that we just can't see yet. I was going to say, what um, the Tyone, what they call it, the sweeper? Instead of a slider, yeah, yep. yeah, and that's been the uh, the big thing they've been they've been teaching is um that kind of more sweeping slider than just the uh, the tight um, biting one, which it's cool. It looks like it's working. It's uh, and they've kind of drafted to that too. Like I know uh, when they drafted Horton, they thought that um there was a lot to unlock with the slider and sort of a similar way. So it's uh, it's again, it's having a full identity and having a plan and not just um piecemealing it that they think that there's some minor inefficiency that can win them a few extra games which is which is fun to see yes so now i think we'll go to what i think is the weaker area for the cubs the lineup just yeah. rotation but how do you feel about this lineup as it's looking towards the end of spring training for sure um i to me the key to everything like the key word actually gets good is if Cody Bellinger can be not an MVP level but like good pretty much it could be like a 120 WRC plus guy I think that this lineup gets really deep in a hurry um he's looked good in spring training um I just saw today that his K rate was only about 15 percent in spring training when it had previously been 40 percent the last two years so that's among other things a very good sign you know, I, I think the top four is fine. Top five, once Saya comes back, is fine. We're with a with a Horner, Swanson, Hap, I, I guess Mancini, and then uh, Sayo. That, that's that's adequate. Like, it's not the best in the league by any stretch, but it's it's adequate. Um, but then the depth is not there right now. But if Bellinger can find it, like all of a sudden, then you introduce more options. Um, so yeah, to me, it's like it's not bad. I think they're definitely giving up some offense for defense, but like the it's just the bat they gotta find some answers on the back end of the uh of the lineup. And yeah, I'm hoping it's wisdom continues to hit and Bellinger can find it again or maybe Hosmer uh gets really lucky for a while. I don't know. But uh something like that is, is where where my issue is just the depth. Yeah. Yeah, because that's at the bottom of the lineup does not look great, like you were saying. I mean Hosmer is just a ground ball machine. So right. No problem. Um, you got the, your catcher platoon, uh, Gomes and Barnhart, good defensively, maybe a little bit of pop for Gomes, but they're not going to hit well. But, Barnhart was really bad at the dish last year. So 
going to need that not to be the case. Um, rolling with Luis Torrens, a third catcher, which that kind of surprised me, but I mean, I don't usually like three catchers on a roster, but obviously the Cubs think they've got something in its bat. So, and then, right. um, Master Boney, he's interesting. I wouldn't mind giving him a look, I guess. And then, yeah, the, I mean, I think the fact that he kind of won that backup infield outfield job over a few options, the point they traded McKinstry and um, sent Morrell down, you know, at least speaks to. Those aren't bad players. Like to to beat them off for that job is, I think, pretty. It's a good sign that there's something there. And then, of course, Nick Madrigal, which has it felt like. Sorry, but he's going to be there. So, yeah, it's uh, I love it so much. I love guys who can't hit the ball over 200 feet. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's this is sort of sink or swim. They, I, I understand they're going to try to play him at third. They're they'll probably give. The middle infield a day off here or there like but you, you gotta know what he's gonna be at this point like i get it from a standpoint of of having to make a decision on him um to bring him up right away and um i mean you can only hurt yourself so much in the first month or two of the season with one spot like that in the lineup but like man i think they need to see it and quite frankly like the fans need to see that he can actually be a productive hitter like if he's batting 240 like he did last year there's just zero value there um feel bad saying that he seems like a very nice guy but like man they gotta he's got he's got to show it early because this uh elite hit tool i don't think any of us saw last year well it's one of those things i mean when the team when the other teams figure out we just have to move our our outfielders way in then we'll right. all boots and there's no he never hits it over their head it's pretty hard right to- it's the opposite of the four-man outfield they did for Joey Gallo. They're going to move. They're going to go to basically a seven-man infield. Yes, pretty much. It's like that, that's not good. But I mean, I guess. I, do you ever believe in that thing where they talk about a team doesn't want to like admit that they messed up a trade, so they keep playing the guy after they know they're not going to do anything? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I totally believe that they do that because I think that there's a reason they acquired him in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's as much about like saving face on it, but I think that they in the process of scouting to acquire somebody, they fall in love with one part of the skill set and they just keep thinking it's going to happen. There's actually been different sport, but there's been a lot of work on this with um some cost like NFL draft picks. And actually they've gotten better about it, but there's like an actual study done where uh teams left a lot of like potential production um, that wasn't realized. Cause they like, we just ache. They, if they draft them in the first round, like they would get 10 more chances, let's say than mm-hmm. like a six round pick for the same production. Um, and I don't think it's as much like they don't want to look bad or admit they made a mistake. I think it's really just like they, there was a reason that when they traded Kimbrel, they wanted Madrigal. And like, I think they're just hoping that that whatever they saw is going to be uh, to, like come to fruition. But um I don't know. Like I, again, he's. The, I'll, I'll be optimistic here. Um, I'll defend uh, everybody involved in this thing. Uh, there's a reason he was the number four overall pick. There's mm-hmm. a reason that he was a really sought after prospect and highly rated prospect. And mm-hmm. um, I think he was a two win player in his first cup of coffee with the White Sox before he got hurt. So like, there is a skill set there. Like, not everybody has gotten this wrong, but like, he's got it. 
hit out of the gates or I think that there's just there's too many other potential options out there that he doesn't have he, he can't just come up and hit 240 with no power and not walk and have a long leash like Morel's gonna be knocking on the door there's some other prospects coming up um I, I can't remember did Rios make the team or did they send him down yeah I think he did make the team but don't hold me to that they okay haven't, they haven't made all the announcements so I mean it's possible they ship right out. So I don't know. Well, they also added two 40-man spots today, which is very uh, intriguing um, to see what they'll do with those. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's other guys who are going to push for that spot. So, like, I don't have an issue with giving him a chance to see if, now that he's healthy, like, maybe he can unlock what everybody has gotten to be. But, like, this is not going to last forever if he doesn't produce. Like, it's just kind of the reality of the situation. And, um, you know, fan agita aside, like, you can't keep Morel in the minors. Like, it's just not fair to him if Vandergold's not hitting the bigs. Like, Morel's going to be a productive major leaguer one way or another. So, just, no, just where it's at. But long answer to a uh, a question. Well, I think um, I'm going to petition to call uh, that um, thing where you keep a draft pick too long, the Sam Brown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because as a Rams fan, believe me, I mean – they hung on to Sam Bradford so long to try to justify that first pick, and it did not happen. It was also the, the uh, double whammy of he was the last rookie to get uh, the uncapped contract, right? So it's only yeah. the first pick, but they also paid him a ton of money. So I guarantee, yeah. Not but, yeah, no, I, there's they've definitely done like economic studies on it about like sunk costs, and it's it's a real thing, like. If you give up a lot of draft capital in the NFL draft or something like those guys get more chances regardless of what they are once they're uh, in the league. So Bradford is a uh, prime example. Yes. I will. I do have to add though. Um, we do have a bit of breaking news. Okay. Ken Rosenthal is reporting the Cubs are close to a contract extension with Nico Horner. All right. Well, this is good. That was done. Oh, that. Uh, a million talking points just died on that news. Yes, a lot of, but we. Will that's see. awesome. That's 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 great. That's the guy they should have extended, and I think it's. Uh, I think that's great. Yes. So we'll see if we get the get the actual confirmation at some point. But yeah, I mean, because obviously, I don't know if everyone listening, most of you on Cubs Twitter, you're aware, but. There is kind of a narrative that works its way through Cubs Twitter that they will never uh, sign anyone to an extension again because they're right. Uh, so uh, the uh, the details just hit. It's uh, three years, thirty five million, which buys one year for agency. Okay, so it's not a huge deal, but it's still an extension. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's great, and he's. Um, he was so solid last year. You know, I, I don't know that he's he's going to be a seven-one player ever, but like he's a very very high floor, like good. Like the, the defense is going to really. He might be the best defensive second baseman in baseball at this point. Um, and like the bats there to show signs, it's great and good for him. You know, yeah, just locked down thirty-five million dollars. Like that's that's generational wealth. So good for him. Yeah, like he's going to be a very good player now. If he can tap into his power and put up some home runs, he'll be in a league player. 
but he's still going to be good. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, who who knows, you know, to what degree he can find that power, but like, I think if that's the only thing that's lacking, you're still looking at a really good baseball player. Like, it's a better version of Whit Merrifield, who everybody wanted for three years here, right? Like, it's the high, he might not have the same, quite the same amount of speed, but like, he's a very good defender. He's a very like professional hitter for lack of a better phrase. Like that's, that's a really nice player to have. And now it's, you know, you've got that locked in for three years. Like that, that dreamboat middle infield of Dansby and, and Horner is, uh, is set now for the next three years. So that's a foundation to build her on. You know, we keep coming back to like building an identity, building a, a coherent plan. And like, that's another big piece of it. So that's, that's great. Great news all around. Shout out to Ryan Tomer for, the dream boat. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's his top two is locked in now. All right. So I guess um I don't I liked it. I don't really like to do predictions that much, but hey, it's the season preview, so we might as of well course. I'll ask you what do you think the Cubs are gonna do this year? And then some just like if you want to pick like your division winner and who you think Okay. Okay. Well, um I hate to say it. I think the Cardinals are going to win the division, but I would not be surprised if things kind of fell apart with them. I think they're a couple injuries away from having real issues. Like I think if Arnott or Goldschmidt missed any significant time, like that lineup has a lot of downside to it. So very softly, and I, I hate to say those words out loud, but like just yeah, realistically, the, the Cardinals look like the favorite. I'll just say real quick, if it goes wrong for them, it'll probably be the rotation. Because that's okay. Of- fair. No, it's totally fair. I mean, it's you've got Adam Wainwright, who's a thousand years old, and um Michaelis and Flaherty have certainly had their uh inconsistency. So yeah, I, I hear that. Um, but to get back to the team that we actually like, um I was thinking about today, I think I'm gonna say the Cubs kind of finish in the eighty two to eighty four win range, but I have a lot more confidence that that'll get beat to the upside and the downside. I think this team's got a really high floor with the defense and the pitching. Um, I don't think, I don't think their win total ends up in the seventies and I could see a, a uh, scenario where they way outpace it, but just the limitations of the lineup and the fact that they won't be pushing the really prime like prospect bats up until next year, probably, I think just, Gives me some pause, but I think the pitching's going to be good. I think the defense is going to be good. I think they'll be in it the entire year. Like I don't think they're going to sell off the deadline. I think they'll they will either add or or hold firm. And I think we're going to see more um, guys from the system come up. But I just think like they're a year classic like year away team right now, just kind of with where the the key prospects are in their development. Um, and then I'll throw out too. I think let's 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 go nuts. Uh, Hayden Wesnowski, rookie of the year in the National League. I think he shows that swing training wasn't a mirage. I think the stuff's there. And I think it's a year that he could absolutely uh I mean it'll be him and Mike Corbin Carroll. And I think uh I'll go on a limb and say Wesneski wins the uh, rookie of the year. Uh-huh. But now that I made a prediction, you have to uh you have to put something on the record. Uh-huh. So I've been sticking this the whole year, the whole offseason. So I'm gonna stay with it. I'm saying 81 and 81. They're gonna okay. Be, I know. I think they're gonna be better than last year, but I I'm I'm with you. The lineup just scares me. I don't know if they'll score enough. 
Now, if like everyone hits their upside, they could push for the wild card, but I'm not going to predict that because, well, I'm not super optimistic ever. So that's fair. Well, you're a Cubs fan. I think it kind of gets embedded to not be uh, optimistic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. I hate to say it, but the Cardinals are going to win the division. Um, I think the Cubs are third. The Brewers, I think they might be a bit down. They kind of – Yeah, I agree. Bullpen won't be as good. So they're going to have to really lean on the starting pitching. So I think the Cardinals are going to win. But it's going to be like an 88 win. Like, I don't know if they're going to win like 95 games, especially with the unbalanced ge- the balanced schedule. They're not going to be able to beat up on the – Reds and, Car- and Pirates as much. So, yeah. For sure. Well, I think what hurts, too, with the unbalanced or the now balanced schedule is that, like, I could see a case for the – to get a wild card slot where, like, the NL East just cannibalizes itself. Um, like, one of the big three falls apart and, like, the other just kind of gets caught up having to play good teams the entire season. Um, without that, I think it's a little bit harder to make the wild card case. But I don't know. Like, the Mets could easily – Mets this season. Uh, they've already lost Diaz. Like stuff could happen. Um, I mean, the Brewers. Like, I guess I'll make another prediction. Like, I think they're going to trade Corbin Burns to the deadline. I think that uh, they're they are definitely not going to resign them, and they've already kind of started a rebuild, and that's their big trade chip. So if they trade him, I just I don't think there's a lot there anymore. Um, so maybe that's where you make up some wins. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's actually a, it's a real bummer. We don't get uh, what is it, thirty six games of the Reds and Pirates to uh, that would be nice to just rack up easy wins. Yep. Uh, so, and then do you have a World Series prediction? Um, sure, I'll make one up here. I like so uh, I like kind of a maybe a surprise. I don't know, but they're also pretty good. I think the Mariners are going to come out of the AL. Hmm. I like that team. I think they're going to make a leap, and I don't know. I'm just gonna that's going to be my. Uh, Dark horse, I guess. And then uh, it's boring, I, I, but give me the Braves out of the NL, and I'll go I'll go Braves over M's for the, uh, the World Series. Okay. Well, you know, I've been thinking over this, too, with the NL, and, like, you got the Phillies, who I think will take a step back. Because, I mean, they barely made the playoffs last year, and so. Right. And they make... just caught, caught, caught fire at the right time. Ironically, I think they'll make the playoffs, but do – Worse with a better record, which if that makes sense, no, totally. And that, um, the Padres like they're loaded, but then you're like, I'm suspicious of the Padres because they don't seem to they beat the Mets last year, but they just don't seem to perform that well in the playoffs. And the Dodgers, of course, have gone back, so I'm I'm with you. I think the Braves are gonna win the NL. It's a boring. Yeah, I just think they're the most like stable team, right? I think they have just like the least amount of question marks going into the season, and they are so consistent that like it just feels like the safe pick. And then the AL, you've got to think the Astros have to take a step back one of these years. They can't, you know, you would think just a lot of averages. Yeah, of course. And now no Verlander, which I mean, the rotations look good, but and like Hunter Brown's getting all this hype, but like. That's a, an ace that they just lost and didn't really replace. Yeah. So, I mean, so I, I, the Mariners are interesting, but I just don't know if I can trust them in the playoffs because they've, you know, sure. you know last year, and the, 
So then the AL East, the Blue Jays are going to be good. The Yankees mm -hmm. win the division. So, and the AL Central is just, that's going to be bad. I, do you think the White Sox could actually take that or? Uh, so I, I think the number was 84 and a half. I actually bet the White Sox under on wins. Um, I think losing a Brea is a bigger deal than they're making it out to be because just the leadership he brought to the clubhouse. I think that, I mean, Dylan Cease was good last year. The rest of that rotation, like you can keep, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a pretty big seller on the, uh, the White Sox, uh, fortunes. Um, I think the twins, uh, actually are pretty interesting. Um, just obviously the Korea thing, but like that rotations could be pretty good. Um, and they've had some really encouraged, like getting Paulo Lopez, I thought was a really good deal for them. And um, apparently, Maley's having a good spring training. Like it's just like it's intriguing if it if it works out um, in any significant fashion. Like that is going to be a good pitching team, and we know they can hit. So I'm relatively high on them, but know, it's not a good division, like you said. So um, I'm going with um, Braves and Yankees. That'll be my okay. Braves winning, so yeah. I mean, the, the Yankees just need their pitching to get healthy, and I mean that's a good team. Obviously, they're gonna they're gonna slog. It's just a little banged up pitching wise, but that can change in a hurry. Yeah. Well, I guess they've covered everything that I wanted to cover, and we can now we can get to the season, and all our predictions will be immediately proven wrong. And oh, of course, we're getting rain, like Rangers and. uh Diamondbacks now is the World Series, and it's going to look so obvious in hindsight. Like, I'm in the whole way. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter, the uh, world's greatest app um, that's full of good discourse. I'm uh, at EVR551. Um, I will be posting a lot better material once baseball starts. Uh, mm -hmm. That's kind of my my, my jam. Uh is cub stuff so yeah uh, at evr551 uh follow uh please don't yell at me when you disagree with me and uh it's a we'll have a lot of fun this season i'm I, like the, what we're coming away with this is like there's stuff to be excited about and it's not hoping jonathan villar is good like it was a year ago and Aaron Clint simmons like there's a lot of fun stuff that could could transpire and it's a sign that spring and summers around the corner so good times all around the arrow is pointing up Exactly. That's that's all you can ask for. All right. Thank you. I want to thank Jeff for coming on, and we will have more episodes as the season goes on, and hopefully it's a good year, and as always, go Cubs.